Welcome to Daily Drive Time Devotions. We're studying Ephesians chapter 6 together this week, day 3, verses 5 to 9, of our look through this chapter. As we begin our look at verse 5, I want to go all the way back to last week. Remember, we talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And we talked about the fact that that's evidenced in our, in our singing. It's evidenced in, in our thanking, the way that we thank God. It's also evidenced in our submitting, the way we are unselfish in our relationships. And then we began last week talking about three examples of being unselfish in our relationships that Paul talks about. First, husbands and wives. We talked about that last week. And then parents and children. We've just talked about that the last few days. And now, today, we're going to look at the third example, slaves and free. And remember the principle in all of these relationships that we're to be mutually unselfish in our relationships. There are different roles that we have in our unselfishness, but we're to be mutually submitting, mutually unselfish. And the Bible talks about how slaves and free should be unselfish, slaves and owners. Now, by the way, even as we begin this, there's a big question behind this. Is the Bible condoning slavery by just talking about it? Absolutely not. If you do a close study of the Bible, you realize this is true. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, the Bible says if you have the opportunity to be freed, you should do so. In Galatians, the Bible says that God sees and loves slave and free alike. The whole book of Philemon is written to encourage an owner and a former slave to have an entirely new relationship because of Jesus Christ. So why does the Bible even talk about slavery and owners? Because there were slaves and there were owners. And God says, here's how I want you to relate. It's interesting to me that instead of fighting the institution of slavery, the scriptures, God's voice through the scriptures instead chooses to emphasize a change of heart. Because God knows. God knows that a change of heart would take this beyond a political argument to a moral argument. A change of heart would not only give people eternity, it would also eventually abolish slavery, which is exactly what has happened in every culture where there's been a change of heart. When slavery is a political issue, hearts don't change and slavery remains. When it becomes a moral issue, a Christian issue, hearts change and slavery leaves. So the Bible has some things to say to slaves and owners, but to you and I, we look at this and think, what does this mean for us? Well, it's all about somebody working for somebody else. And although you may get paid for what you do, there is still a relationship that you have there. And there are principles in verses 5 to 9 for our work life. There are principles for success in your work life. I don't know how you're thinking about your job right now. You might see it as a, as a necessary evil, or you might see it as an opportunity for good. A survey done a while back said that as high as 82% of people don't like the job they're presently in. That's a huge percentage. I believe that figure could be significantly reduced by beginning to live a few simple principles that God teaches us in the Bible. Six simple secrets we're going to talk about today that will increase your enjoyment at work, whatever job you have. Now, I didn't say that these principles are going to get rid of your boss or guarantee you a raise or get you a corner office or get you a new job, but they can change you. They can change you. And in changing you, they can change the way you see your daily work. What I'm saying is this, you don't have to wait for a transfer or a new job to have joy. There are some things that you can do right now, right where you are, to begin to transform your attitudes towards your place of work. What does the Bible say about this? Well, let's just walk through this principle at a time. Ephesians 6, 5 has the first two of these principles. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear, with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. 
You want to enjoy your work more? Secret number one is you respect those you work for. Now, I know, as I say this, some of you listening to this, you have terrible bosses. And I'm not saying you're required to respect their lifestyle or their even their leadership style. Respect for their position is what's needed. You, you recognize that leaders are a part of any work and that my attitude towards that leader will greatly increase my joy and, and in the other hand, it could greatly amplify my trials. What does it mean to, to respect somebody's position? It means that I don't go behind their back. It means that I don't gossip. It means that I do as best as I can what they're asking me to do, even though I may not understand it. You see, when you respect those you work for, you're going to do two things. You're going to maximize their effectiveness, and you're going to minimize your anxiety. I know some of us are working for bosses, and you think, I don't want to ma maximize their effectiveness. Well, the Bible says one of the things you do in a work relationship is you have respect for the person you're working for. That's, that's being unselfish. Selfishly, we don't want to make them look good. But the Bible says in every relationship we're to be unselfish, even in our work relationships. Now, if this goes to the extent of slave and owner, obviously it goes to the extent of the person that you're working for. When you respect those you work for, you maximize their effectiveness. And in doing that, you minimize your anxiety, that lack of peace that you're living with every day at work. Secret number one, you respect those you work for. Secret two, you work with a sincere heart. Now, how do you see sincerity in the way that you work? You see it in desire, the fact that you want to do it. Now, all of us have seen it. You know the difference between a, a sincere person who's waiting at your on your table at a restaurant and an insincere, or an a sincere clerk at a store and an insincere one? Somebody who, somebody's expressing the fact that they want to be there, and they want to do the best job that they can in that situation. Work with a sincere heart, giving yourself to that and not to something else. You want to enjoy any job in a greater way? Ephesians 6.6 6 has a couple more principles. Obey them, it says, not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but like slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. You bring greater joy to any job when you add to the first two secrets we look at. Secret number three, stop trying to impress your boss. You see, these verses say that our motivation should not be the eye that's upon us, but the heart that's within us. Don't do it to win their favor when their eye is on you, but like slaves of Christ, do the will of God from your heart. When it's always to impress someone else or to win points, of course you're going to be miserable. It's got to come out of the heart. And you think, well, the job that I'm doing is pretty mundane. How can I do it from the heart? Well, secret number four is this. You find God's will in your work like slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. How in the world do you find God's will in an unsatisfying or a difficult job or in what might be a mundane job? Well, you certainly can't find it wishing all day long I was some, somewhere else, constantly expending energy resisting this urge to escape my job. How do you find God's will in any job? Well, here's two ways. You can recognize, number one, it is God's will for you to grow even through this difficulty. And number two, Recognize it as God's will for you to minister to those around you. You can say that about any workplace. If you're going through a difficult time at work, maybe God does have something for you in the future. Hopefully he does. But as long as he leaves you there, it is God's will for you to grow through that difficulty. We grow through trials. And we grow through, we spend a lot of time at work, eight hours every day. So there's going to be some trials at work so that God can grow us through those trials. It's God's will for you to grow even through this. And it's also God's will for you to minister to those around you. 
Usually when a job gets tough, you tend to focus on yourself and begin to forget the people around you, and then you lose all joy in your work. No, there's some people to minister to. And likely if you're having a tough time, other people are having a tough time. Instead of gathering together to gossip and complain, minister to the people that are around you. Give them encouragement. Give them some hope. Let them know that, let them know that they're an important person. It, it is amazing how an interest in people can transform the most mundane work into an opportunity for love and effective ministry. So we walk through these principles for effective work. The fifth one is in verse seven. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men. I think it's the most important one. It is to me, at least. Secret number five is you picture God as your boss, as if you were serving the Lord, not men. That's the secret. That's the secret that enables you to be wholehearted in your work. I'm not doing this just for people. I'm doing this for God. And whatever I do, even if it's making this little widget, or if it's coming up with this great big idea, or it's designing this huge project, whatever it is, I want to do it. I want to do it as an outgrowth of my relationship with Christ. He made me to be good at this. So as I'm good at this, I want to take joy in the fact that he rejoices in the fact, God rejoices in the fact that he made me to do this. And I want to serve him in this. I want to serve him. Picture God as your boss and recognize that even though that human leader that you have may not deserve any honor from good work that you do, God deserves honor and God will get honor. You picture him as your boss. And then in verse eight, there is a sixth secret to enjoying your job in a greater way. Secret one was respect those you work for. Two, work with a sincere heart. Three, stop trying to impress your boss. Four, find God's will in your work. Five, picture God as your boss. And secret number six is look to the Lord's reward. A basic truth of human nature is we're, we're motivated by rewards. As believers, our goal is to be motivated by the right rewards not just the things that happen on this earth. Oh, it's nice to be motivated by those things, but the truth is they're not gonna last. The greatest reward that we have, Colossians 3 talks about this, is an inheritance from the Lord. Now, an inheritance is not something you get immediately. And so in your, in your job, you may be doing the right thing and not getting any immediate benefit from it, but the greatest reward is an inheritance from the Lord, one you're gonna get in heaven that lasts forever. And as much as you would like a raise, maybe deserve a raise, and I'd even hope for you to have a raise, that inheritance from the Lord is the true reward. You may have to wait for it, but the full reward of serving him that comes when you get to heaven, that is a reward, reward to rejoice in. And before we pray today about our work life, I, I just like to remind you of verse nine. Verse nine talks about bosses. It says, and masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. First in these verses, God clearly says that he doesn't agree with slavery. There's no favoritism with him. But he also says to those of you who are bosses, here's some principles. Develop pre people skills. Treat your slaves in a loving way. Watch your leadership style. Don't threaten people. Keep your perspective. Know that God's the Lord of us all. Stay humble. There's no favoritism with God. That's the way to be a good boss. But I want to focus on us because we all have somebody we report to in our lives. Most of us do. I want to focus on us as workers as we pray today. And I want to encourage you as you pray to say, Lord, thank you for the boss that I have. Even through gritted teeth, you might need to pray that. Thank you for the boss that I have. I know this is the boss that I have for this time. So help me to grow. Help me to find places that I can respect. 
him respect her. Lord, I know. Just say this to Jesus. Lord, I know that ultimately I work for you in anything that I do. So I picture you right now as my boss. I look to your reward. And and I I just want to let go of that burden of trying to impress people. Because I know, God, that more important than anything is serving you. Give me the strength to do that today, Jesus. I pray in your name. Amen. Well, join us tomorrow. We're going to take a look together at how you and I can face the battles of life.